I am very picky about candles. I keep them burning around my house all the time. So many home fragrances smell very unnatural, super sweet, chemically, and just smell like the part of the mall you cannot wait to escape. And after learning that the candle industry contributes to an insurmountable amount of non-recyclable waste, carbon emissions, and toxicity in our air, I am even more picky. That's why I am so glad that Notes Candles exist. They're on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth friendly option without giving up high quality fragrance that actually seems amazing. The candle industry has major problems. Almost 2 million candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years. Yes, that's right. 1 million. Absolutely insane. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again, again, and again so you don't become a part of the problem. It is so easy to use, guys. The candles are made up with fragrance wax beads so all you have to do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar fill it up with the wax beads enjoy your fragrance up to 36 hours and then just do it all over again when you're ready for a new one you don't have to settle for less than exciting fragrances with notes either in fact their collection of 13 amazing fragrances are handcrafted by fragrance experts at their home base in south carolina and they are to die for y'all i have one burning recently and i have been loving burning the santel and atlas cedar scent it's woodsy, calming, smells just like some of the bougiest fragrances on the market. I love it. They have so many other ones like oat milk and balls and berry, vanilla and pepperwood, and so many. I love them all. So be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandles.com slash healthy. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code HEALTHY. Just use code HEALTHY when placing an order. That's code HEALTHY at notescandle.com slash healthy. To make a very long story short, I had five men, multiple of them were armed, um, surrounded my vehicle and pointed a, a gun to my head. Um, but I rem- remember handing over my crown as Miss Universe and walking off that stage feeling like I handed over my purpose as well. I thought was my life's calling. Hello everybody and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I am hyped today. I have my iced coffee. You guys can hear. Hold on. That sounded so nice. Um, yeah, I got my iced coffee. It's a great day. This is my first episode that I'm filming of today. I have another one later that I'm filming. I ran some errands this morning. Um, film my makeup routine on my Instagram. So you guys can go check that out. And um, yeah, I really quickly wanted to share a voice memo that I got from a listener. Um, I kind of forgot about these, to be honest, but I did get one from a listener. And I wanted to share that with you guys because these are so fun. Like, I still love these so much. And I love when you guys do these. So just so you guys always know, there is still always an an option to where you guys can submit a voice memo. It'll always be um, in the like show notes if you guys want to submit this. So let me log on and uh, include this because I would love to hear what someone has to say. All right, we got this voice memo queued up. It is from Aspen. I haven't heard this yet. Let's see. 
Hey, Janine, thank you so much for doing what you do. I love Happy and Healthy, and I love you. I want to share a testimony with you um, from one of your podcast episodes. So a couple years ago, I did the Daniel Fast with my church, and I stayed really strong. But once we hit the end of that fast, I basically had deprived myself for so long that I almost set myself into a borderline like binge eating disorder. And so after dealing with that for a couple months, I got healing and I started eating healthy, but I just had this fear of fasting for a really long time. And I knew that that wasn't what was best for me. So I started praying and asked God to send me a like example of instruction on exactly how to fast. The next day you dropped your episode of fasting and eating healthy, fueling your body, and it has changed my life. So thank you so much. I'm incredibly grateful for you. You were an answer prayer. That makes me freak out. Oh my gosh. That is so freaking cool. And it just makes me like so excited when I get to see the tangible, like, wow, like this is what God can do through a platform or through, you know, I don't know, a podcast. Like that's so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. You guys always send those voice memos. I want to include those more. The link is always in the show notes or the YouTube description. Um, so that's so cool. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm just praise God that that is a, was a blessing to you. So for today's episode, I'm so excited about today's guest. We have Demi Tebow coming on the podcast. Yay. She's so amazing. She's so beautiful. She is or was Miss Universe 2017. And I'm kind of embarrassed because in the podcast, I said Miss USA. And the reason that kept coming in my head was because my friend Sarah Rose was Miss USA. And so she's like, oh, I'm actually Miss Universe. And I was like, I'm an idiot. But um, it's okay. We cleared it up. <laughs> she is Miss Universe of 2017. She's married to Tim Tebow. She is a powerhouse of a woman. She shares what it was like being Miss Universe. Um, a story of her almost being human trafficked, what her marriage story is like, um, what gives her confidence, how she stands firm under pressure. So many things. She has an amazing story. I really think this is going to be a blessing for you guys. So I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode, my conversation with Demi Tebow. She's just so beautiful, so graceful, and so poised. Like I just love getting to chat with her and stuff. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Happy and Healthy, and let's just get right into it. Demi Tebow, welcome to Happy and Healthy. How are you doing today? Hey, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. I am so well coming from uh, actually super overcast and pretty rainy Florida, which is very unusual. Yeah, Uh, you guys are the sunshine state. What happened? (laughs) Right? I I felt so bad this morning. We have three dogs, and one of them is a golden retriever, and he when he sees the leash he like knows the good times about to yeah. happen and so I pulled out the leash and I, I harnessed him up and we're gonna go for a run and literally as I stepped out the door it just started pouring out of nowhere and like while I was leaching him up sun, there was sunshine so <laughs> anyway, I had to put it back and, I, and he just couldn't understand why is mom not taking me on, on a run right now why would she get me all excited and just for nothing so I felt yeah. so bad really like 30 minutes later, it opened up, so we got to go on our run. But that's just Florida weather for you. Oh, that's so funny. That sounds just like Texas, like very, very bipolar. So yeah. I know how that goes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I know you and I got connected through Sarah Rose and Maddie. Um, you were Sarah Rose's old roommate, which is so fun because Maddie is my old roommate. And um, I just love like girls connecting and like, I don't know, I think it's just so fun. And I think the first time I met you, was that at, 
Where was that again? Was that at Maddie's wedding? I believe I thought it was at Maddie's like bridal shower. Yes. Which again was like a super impromptu book the flight the day off trip for me to Dallas. I feel like that just keeps happening. But I was so happy I could make that. Yeah, you have a pretty crazy life, right? Um, sometimes, but you know, I I feel like this is life work in who's travel and being in a lot of places which feels like all at once sometimes yeah um, but I've just learned to embrace that and enjoy that you know enjoy the travel enjoy just every part of it otherwise I feel like you can get to a place where it so easily feels like oh man I'm I'm gone from home again or you just you can get into those negative mindset very easily and I've definitely been there but um for the most part it's just it's just life. Yeah, no, I feel you, girl. Like, you got to just flow. You got to fl- float with it. Go with the flow. Make make it work. Um, so, yeah, totally understand that. Um, could you kind of just, like, share who you are to my listeners? Maybe someone doesn't know who you are, which I would be shocked because I feel like you're a very well-known person. You have an amazing story. Um, you are married to Tim Tebow. And I definitely want to ask about that. But I'd love for you just to introduce yourself to my listeners. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Demi Thibault. I am from South Africa. Someone actually recently asked me if I'm from Alabama, and then they stopped and said, okay, actually, no, are you from? It's Southern Alabama, right? And I said, no, wow. I'm not even that. So it's South Africa, and yes, my accent is all messed up because I started saying things like y'all, which when I first moved here and I was roommates with Sarah, I was like, that is just one word I will never say. <laughs> and here I am. Plant and banana, and not plant and banana, but for the most part, I feel like I'm getting away with it. Oh my gosh, you can't Um, lose that! No, don't lose the accent. We love it. I'm I'm not trying to, you know, like living in the U.S. It's been five years now, and all my family is still back home. So I, you know, my parents are divorced, and so I have two sets of parents, and they're all still back in South Africa. you know, obviously my husband and all my friends and everyone I'm surrounded by are American English speaking people. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like your brain just adapts and it's not even like you're trying to change. I will tell you when I lived in New York, that was the first place I lived when I moved to the US. When I lived in New York, I I would have to put on some form of an American accent because people would actually not understand what I'm asking for or really? saying. I remember I think one time I I asked for for ice and I don't know if the guy thought I was saying something inappropriate or he just looked really offended. (laughs) So so I have a couple of funny stories, but yeah, born and bred in South Africa, that is home for me. I tried to get back as much as possible, but unfortunately it is a good over 15 hour direct flight and you were just there recently. I was, yes. I was just there in February and absolutely loved it. I was like, wow, like I totally see the hype of this beautiful country and just like, oh my gosh, the nature there, like absolutely stunning. So I was like, man, like I, I wonder what it was like. And I want to ask you, like, what was that like growing up there? Like, what was your upbringing like? And this podcast is sponsored by Thrive Market. Guys, we're big Thrive Market people because at the end of the day, time is money and being healthy to us in 2024 is so essential to our well-being. I'm running a marathon. Janine is launching a book, which is so crazy. Uh, So we have meetings after meetings and time is money. So that's why we use Thrive Market. It's our go-to for all of our grocery and household essentials and getting everything online then quickly shipped to our doorstep is just such a huge time saver. 
And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time. They even have my favorite freaking protein bars, uh, New Go Chocolate Pretzel. I eat them before every single workout, save over 30% each order. So when you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy. Thrivemarket.com slash healthy. Back to the show. So I feel like I had a a pretty humble upbringing. I grew up about four hours outside of Cape Town in a very, very small town. I wouldn't be surprised if we had maybe a total of 5,000 permanent residents, at least at the time I grew up there. Um, And I grew up buying groceries on the Saturday farmer's market. We had like one grocery store, one little like secondhand thrift store boutique and like maybe one little coffee shop so that was the extent of of my hometown I've spent a lot of time with friends who lived on nearby farms and like our like sleepovers were like hey you're helping on the farm if you want to come like play date, like you're helping so I learned to ride horses and all the things um grew up in a really really small town in South Africa I feel like absolutely just influenced who I am today um, and the things I believe in and, and hold on to, the values that um, that I value. And so just so grateful for all the opportunities that I've been given um, through my home country. I love that. That's so amazing. Are your parents believers? Like when did you become a Christian or did you grow up in a Christian household? Yeah, I, I did. I Both my parents, um, both of my parents um, grew up believers, um, grew up probably different denominations, um, but I always grew up in the church. Um, the, the town that, my, my, as I said, my parents are divorced, and so they both kind of live on, on both ends of the country, separate ends of the country, both pretty small, small towns. And so there were never a lot of church options. Um, if there were, they, they, it was pretty limited. So I really got invested into just, I feel like, full-on church and high school I was in boarding school because I was I lived in such a small town we didn't have a high school so the nearest um best high school was about an hour's drive away and wow. I played a lot of sports and did a lot of extramural activities and so it just made sense for everybody for me to go to boarding school and my mom was like came to visit at least three times a week and brought snacks and I think I think that might have been harder for her than for me um which which is so sweet but also an experience that I definitely treasure and I feel like that added so much to my life taught me independence in so many ways um but yeah we I grew up um pretty much in a Christian household our school um is a public school but we open each day with prayer and with devotion and um each friday a different um leader you know when you we have in south africa we have like a leadership kind of council like a a student council and a different student on the council gets an opportunity to do a devotion in front of the whole school so that's something that i grew up with I, i got to be a small group leader um our school actually um 
dismissed on Wednesdays a little bit earlier so that we could meet and have small group meetings. So in 11th and 12th grade, I got to be a part of that. But I'll be honest, Janine, I, um, even though I grew up Christian and I, I can't necessarily remember, I know I did, but because my parents tell me so, but I can't even necessarily remember the day that I gave my heart to Jesus mm. and that I surrendered. I was pretty young. Um, I think it might have happened at two different instances when I was maybe four and six years old. And my whole life, um, I think also growing up in different denominations, I've just been kind of confused and was asking myself, you know, what, how do you know if you're actually going to heaven? Like, you know, people mm. tell you that you have surrendered, but did I really? And we had a really tragic friend that passed away when I was in 12, um, end of 11th grade, I believe. And um, it was the morning right before our final math, math exams. And we all got together on our sports field with our um, student pastor to just pray for it, for his family, for, you know, his friends. And um, our pastor gave us an opportunity and said, if, you, if you've ever felt unsure, do you want to mm. put your faith in Jesus? And I said, yeah, I do. I mean, no longer do I ever want to question where I'm going to spend eternity. And so I was... Uh, 17 years old at the time when I just said yes to me and it's the best decision that I ever made. That is so amazing. And like, would you say that from that moment on, like you were pretty consistent in your faith or did you ever have like a fallout moment or a moment where you slip back where you were like, because when you get older, you almost start to kind of question like, okay, am I saved? Like, is this real? Because I know I had to have a moment of that of like, I was saved when I was 14 and then I kind of walked away from the Lord in college and then I came back to the Lord um, in my early 20s. And so did you have a moment like that or would you say you were so pretty steadily walking with the Lord? I feel like even before that, um, I think my I've always had a relationship with Jesus and I feel like that moment was just a, a defining moment for me to never have to second guess mm. my decision ever again. Um, and I wouldn't say that I've um, walked away from my relationship with the Lord. I think there's definitely been times where, where, like in a lot of relationships, where you can have a stronger bond and a stronger relationship. And it, I think, goes back to um, personally so much of, of just the work that we put in to build a personal relationship with Jesus, to spend time in His Word, to, you know, read the love story that He has written for us through the Bible. Um, but I, I will tell you, I think um, it's not that I walked away from my walk with the Lord, but I think it's a time that I, where I really question my worth and my value and where I try to seek that in things that were temporary. Um, this might be a surprise to you and probably a lot of your listeners, but I actually never felt less confident than after I handed over my title as Miss Universe. And wow. you think, well, like, Demi, you just won Miss Universe. You, you know, you were just, you're the re previous reigning Miss Universe, the first time in uh, 39 years that someone from South Africa had won. Like, you know, everything, you, you just met the love of your life. Like, how are you not confident? Like, how do you not see the value that you have? Um, and I think that a big reason of that, and it took me probably realistically a couple of years to, to truly figure that out and come to grips with it and, and really understand what I was walking through. Um, but I rem remember handing over my crown as Miss Universe and walking off that stage feeling like I handed over my purpose as well. Wow. And what I thought was my life's calling. 
And um, it wasn't until maybe two years ago that I, I've read this verse so many times, but you know, sometimes you read the Bible and it just, it just clicks differently and you just kind of understand it differently for the first time. Um, I read uh, 1 Corinthians 9.25 where Paul writes to the church of Corinth and he is explaining, he's referencing the Isthmian Games, which in that day kind of, you know, is referencing like, it's kind of a competitor to the Olympic Games. It's huge, like athletes train for it for years and years. And I mean, there's even some scholars that believe that some of the athletes have died participating. It was that intense. They were willing to give it all to participate in the Isthmian Games. And Paul's writing to the church of Corinth that is just down the street from where the Isthmian Games are happening. So it's very relevant in that era. And he's telling them, hey guys, don't chase, don't chase perishable crowns mm. and for me that hits that hit home completely hit home because here i am today i'm not wearing that crown right now i don't really even have i mean i have like a small replica somewhere of it that my mom like <laughs> found but other than that there's nothing that i physically have to show that was something that was temporary it literally only lasted a year right. um, i put a lot of my confidence and my value and my worth in something that was temporary and didn't necessarily have um, impact for eternity. Now, what you get to do with that platform, what you get to do with that stepping stone is a whole different conversation. And I think it led me to having to figure out what is it that I, I, I have this gift, I have this community that I've been gifted, I have this title that I've been gifted, but how can I use this for the, for, for, for his glory? How can I use this to have a real life-changing impact on other people's life? And so um, that was probably something, one of the hardest seasons that I've had to walk through through my life yeah. up until then. Um, but one that I'm so grateful for because it's definitely led me to where I am today. Wow, thanks for sharing. Because that, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Like I can guarantee you a lot of people would look at you or look at your social media and it is kind of like the same old story. If you look at somebody and you're like, they have it all, they're perfect. They have it all together. And it's always so interesting. Like, I think that's like the favorite, my favorite thing that I get to share on this podcast is like, I bring people on that have all these different stories and platforms and, you know, from the outside looking and everyone's like, oh man, I want to be her. She's so perfect. She's so this. And it's always very humbling to hear what's really going on behind the scenes because that's just the reality for everybody is that you can, from the stage or from social media, like everyone could be like, I want to be her. And it's like very humanizing and humbling when you get to share that to be like, no, like I've tasted and seen what the world offered. And like everyone knew your name. Like you were literally Miss USA 2017. Like that's just got to feel so crazy with that many people knowing who you are. And then that comes with all these different pressures and stuff. And so I guess, could you just explain like what were the pressures that you face and felt in that moment? Because I know it is a year, but like, were you able to share your faith? Did you ever feel like people were trying to change you or make you act a certain way? Like what were those pressures that you faced? I think there were definitely moments where I kind of question like, what is the right thing to do? You don't want to offend anyone where I come from. Sharing your faith was very common, um, but I also think I grew up in a community that was very protected. Um, you know, everywhere from 
home, to the sports field, to school, um, to even my college campus, um, it was very accepted and was kind of the norm. Um, so it, it wasn't, you know, I think I just grew up pretty sheltered. And I, I don't think it was until I moved to the U.S. where I actually for the first time started questioning what is okay to share, what is not. I was yeah. met with people from, um, you know, so many different walks of life, especially living in New York. You know, New York City is like a little melting pot of the world. Um, but I have to say, um, Janine, you know, I, I, I'm very grateful um, and thankful to the organization that I got to work with. Um, I felt like they they really allowed me to be who I was and never tried to change me or my beliefs or my morals and you know sometimes that meant like having hard conversations and saying no to, to things and explaining why um and there were many moments where you know hard conversations had to be had um but I I, I will say I've always felt very respected in that regard which I'm very grateful for that's awesome I yeah I love that I actually didn't know that I, I always think like my expectation would be that you know, mainly like I guess in more Hollywood, they're trying to pressure you to conform and to dress and talk like this and do this. And so that's really cool to hear that they're not trying to like strip you of who you are. Um, but I guess like, what would you say to the girl that is looking at you or she wants to be in a position like you, or she's facing a choice right now? She's like, oh man, I really want to compromise. I really want to be liked. I really want to fit in. I just want someone to like me. And she's, you know, having to decide, do I stick with what I know and the way I was raised or do I deviate and just do this and conform? Like, what would be your advice to that girl that's struggling with that right now? It's a tough question. I mean, it, it, it really is. And I think we all face moments like that at some point or another. Um, I remember there was a time after I handed over my title where I, I moved back um, to New York City after I handed over my title and... Um, we had just gotten engaged and, you know, Tim was all over the place. So New York was home for me and Florida was kind of home for him. And we did long distance that year. And my, my plan was, I just signed with I, IMG Models. And uh, my plan was to just really have a have an opportunity to um, really give the modeling world a shot. You know, as a former Miss Universe, like that's kind of the route you go, you know, like modeling, acting, like celebrity that's kind of just the norm that's what everyone else has done and I think that was what was expected for me to do um or the route that I was expected for me to go and I remember there was a time that I went to a casting um and you know once again never forced to go to any castings I did not want to but this was a really really big opportunity and um, would have probably been able to set my career up as a model um in the best way possible if that was the route that, that I wanted to go and at that point it was and I remember going to this casting and walking out and just feeling like just feeling my heart just felt heavy and I just knew that this was not who I was and it was a really hard decision because if I had followed through with that and you know gotten the shoot and gotten the job it probably would have set me up for a really great modeling career um but i decided against that because i felt um i just felt a, a really big prompting from the lord and i i also 
think I'm grateful for the community that I did have in place in that moment because it would have been really hard to make that decision by myself to say no. Right. Um, I had prayer warriors in my life. I had a family that loved me very much that I could call on anytime. At that point, I had a fiance that, mm. you know, loved me so much, really wants the best for me, um, that has my back, that's looking out for my best interest. I had friends that understood my values and what I believe in and what I stand for. And um, honestly, that was very important in that moment because, you know, being there and having to make that decision myself would have been way harder to walk away than having people that can not just hold me accountable, um, but that I can be completely transparent with. Because, you know, we can have people that hold us accountable, but that also comes down to us having to be honest with them. So I would say people that I can really be transparent with, that I can really trust, that I know love me and have my best interests at heart. So um, I would I would probably encourage your listeners to to really seek out that community that can be prayer warriors for you, that can come alongside you, that can hold your hand, that can walk with you through those hard situations. Because, you know, the Bible tells us we are going to face hardship. Like that mm. is, that's, that's not a, a if, it's a when, you know, we will face hardship. Um, and we will be faced with hard decisions to make. So how can we set ourselves up for when those moments come when we do face those hard things that we know that we can seek wisdom we can seek discernment and we can walk through that season hand in hand with people that love us Mm, that's a great answer yeah I was just gonna say like that was actually gonna be my next question was just like what people what did that look like with people around you but you answered that because I could imagine you know, there's probably times where you did feel lonely or you felt a little misunderstood um, or maybe, you know, people just couldn't, yeah, they couldn't really grasp like what you were going through. So I wanted to ask you like, what were, what were the people like in your life during that time? But I do think that's such a great answer because, you know, you can't overcome pressures alone. Like the Bible talks about like, you know, the lone sheep gets devoured, like the wolf is looking to devour that sheep that's by itself. And like, that is what happens is that when you're by yourself, like the enemy just attacks you and robs you and steals everything that he can from you. But when you're in your clan, like you can defend yourself. And so that's something that I've seen to be true with my friendships. And that is always going to be my advice to girls as well is like, if you want to fight back, don't fight back alone. Like you will get eaten if you continually try to do it alone. Um, And I think that's really cool that you had friends around you praying for you like but that's the thing is like you've got to be willing to be open to listen you've got to be willing to be able to receive accountability you've got to be vulnerable like they they can't speak in all the time unless you're allowing it or you're giving them the chance to to speak into your life and so it sounds like you did a pretty good job at that or was that ever hard for you definitely I think my time in, in boarding school and in high school I participated in every single thing I possibly could have, that all the sports, with the track, with the field, with the hockey, with the netball, you know, all the, we play different sports in South Africa, but that all of those things, and I think it, it left me in a very lonely spot, um, because things that were important to some of my peers just weren't important to me, and I, you know, I, I 
grew up for the most part of my life as an only child. My, my half-sister and I were about 10 and a half years apart, and she also grew up with my dad and my stepmom. So um, I, for the most part, grew up as an only child um, living with my mom, and I think she just... I'm so grateful for the things that my mom taught me at a very young age, that at that age I maybe wasn't necessarily open to learning or I was totally that teenager that was like, oh mom, this is not cool. Like, why do I need to know these things? Or, But it really set me up for so much success. And so to any parents listening, I would just say sometimes when I think, you know, you're not being the cool parent. Later in life, that does pay off, and those seeds you plant um, continue to water them. And um, in in my life, my my personal story, I feel like they've definitely grown so much just with parents being obedient, and I believe the way that they were called to parent. Amen. Yeah, I would agree. My parents as well. It's weird because like at the time, you just don't see it. You're like, I want to do what I want to do, and leave me alone. And later you come to find, you're like, oh, dang it. And you have to do the whole, like, you were right. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. I mean, you know, I think parents want the best for us in a lot of cases. Um, I say that because I'm very involved in the fight against human trafficking. And mm. unfortunately, a lot of those cases, parents are involved. So I don't want to just say that parents have the best. It, you know, in mind for us, just because of the work that we do and the statistics that that we know and have been able to learn. Um, but listen to your parents; they yeah. they they love they want the best for you. <laughs> I totally agree. Can you tell me more about like what it looks like for you to fight back with human trafficking? Because that is something that um, is so prevalent today. I wish it was talked about a lot more. I think it is now. Um, it's something I'm pretty passionate about as well, but can you kind of share more about like what you do and like how, how you can kind of fight that back or how you're giving back to that? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll maybe backtrack a little bit and just share how I got involved in the fight against human trafficking. Um, same situation. I mean, I, in, back in 2017, I had no idea that the word human trafficking is a thing, that it exists. I thought it's a Liam Neeson movie where someone gets taken off the street and, you know, off they go. I had no idea to the extent of what this evil um, goes. Um, it's one of the greatest evils, I believe, that we are facing and fighting in our lifetime right now. Um, I was sitting at a red traffic light on my way to an event, broad daylight, peak hour traffic. I was just crowned in South Africa a couple of months before. And um, to make a very long story short, I had five men, multiple of them were armed, um, surrounded my vehicle and pointed a, a gun to my head. Um, in that moment, my dad had sent me on so many safety driving courses and my mom had sent me on so many self-defense workshops um, and the South Africa organization at that, that time, you know, had sent me on women empowerment courses and workshops. And in that moment, I realized that one, going to the second destination with these guys are, is not a great idea because whatever is going to happen on the first destination, it's not going to get better downtown, some dark alley with 10 other of their friends. Ugh. Um, so I immediately surrendered my belongings. They were replaceable. They were materialistic. Um, and they were definitely temporary. And I got out of the vehicle and I tried to run away. And as I tried to run away, the guy on my side of the vehicle grabbed me and tried to push me back into the vehicle and yelled something to the extent of, you know, get in, you're going with us. 
I realized once again, no, going to the second destination is not going to get any better. Um, I tried to run, fight, flight, or flee. I tried to flee, couldn't do that. Um, I really two other options to do nothing or to try and fight my way out of that. And in my scenario, I was like, there's, there's no way I'm going with you. So I looked for the first opportunity, grabbed the steering wheel and punched this guy as hard as I could in his throat. And it bought me a very small window of opportunity to get out of the vehicle and to get him off of me and to run. And I did. I ran up a really big avenue, hop aside in the afternoon, peak hour, bumper to bumper traffic. Um, and I bet if you had to take a guess, you probably know how many people stopped to help. Absolutely none. Whoa. Not one vehicle stopped to help. And I mean, there were people with their windows down. There were people that could hear me. There were families. There were females. There were, you know, husband and wives driving. Nobody would stop for me. Wow. Um, eventually, a young girl, she was 19 years old at the time, um, pulled over, nearly caused an accident and stopped and led me to a safe place, um, which I'm very grateful for. And that girl really impacted my life in such a tremendous way because I feel like not instantly after a couple of months of just processing and going through trauma counseling, um, you know, I realized that that one girl that was willing to stop and help me opened my eyes to never wanting to be one of the 30, 40, I would even say 50 car windows that I knocked on that pretended not to see, pretended not to hear, turned a blind eye and just kept going about their normal day. She made me realize that you know, for the rest of my life, if I can be that one person that is willing to help someone in need, I'm going to do everything I can to do that. And so that really snowballed to me learning about the fight against, it really started with learning and going deeper into um, violence against women and children, which is unfortunately something that a lot of women <coughs> face in my own country, um, which is so unfortunate and that has led me to learning again about the fight against human trafficking which has led me to learning about um labor trafficking and bonded labor trafficking and um online sexual abuse material of children which is horrific one of the most horrific things i've ever heard in my life mm. um so now four five six years later actually yeah probably six years six years later um i get to serve on multiple boards both locally here in the US, um, domestically, as well as internationally. Um, and I get to walk alongside organizations that just love um, survivors of human trafficking in every way from the day they are rescued until they are able to, whatever that looks like for them, complete their high school diploma or get their first job or learn to drive a vehicle. Um, so that is some of the ways that I've been involved um, in helping to fight this evil. I also, last year for my birthday fundraiser, got to raise enough funds to build four, four more safe homes in the Philippines um, on the Tibo Compassionate Hope um, Village of Hope campus. And so that's been amazing. And we have some more plans for this year to just try and get to one more. Wow. <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh, thank you for sharing. I mean, that's like a pretty traumatizing story. And I, I did hear a little bit about that, um, by like researching a little bit more and like, yeah, the first time I even heard that, but hearing you like reshare it and tell me that I just like, that is just so, so crazy. And it's, it really is heartbreaking knowing that 
there were so many people that didn't stop. And it, it is kind of a reflection of how many people want to turn a blind eye to it and be like, nope, not my problem. And I know that that has absolutely scarred and traumatized a lot of people um, from their from their stories and stuff. And so thank you for sharing. Thank you for making a stand on that and fighting that back. And I mean, that's even something I'm like, dang, like, how can I get involved? Because I like I never want that to happen to another person again. Like, I know it's not just women. I know it's mainly women. But, um, you know, that's just like that is just so freaking heartbreaking. Gosh. I mean, I, you know, I think in a lot of cases, people really want to help. They want to do good. They want to contribute. And I think we get paralyzed by not knowing how. Um, and the second way I feel like we get paralyzed is just by um, feeling like our contribution is not enough. And, you know, look at this young woman that just used what she had, where she was with what she, you know, had accessible to her and she decided to just be obedient and do what she thought was the right thing to do and that has transpired into you know affecting so many lives around the world and I don't think that was something that she necessarily even thought would happen in that moment she just did what she believed was the right thing and she used the limited amount of resources that she had in that moment to help someone that was in need. And so mm-hmm. I would just say, don't get discouraged by feeling like what you're doing is not enough or is not extravagant enough or is not impactful enough. You never know the seeds that you're planting. Uh, you never know how and when they're going to start growing. And my, um, my mother-in-law actually wrote a book called Ripple Effects. And it really talks about the ripple effect of goodness that we can have, um, you know, that one pebble just, keeps making little ripple effects and the lives keep getting touched by you just being obedient and doing that, even just that one thing that you feel called to do. That is so powerful. And you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, we all think like, Oh no, it's just me by myself. Like, what can I do? But if everyone has that mentality, then nothing changes. And so I think that's such a powerful statement and reminder that like, no, like you you can give back, even if it's just with a little bit of time or a little bit of money or whatever, even just raising awareness. I think that's so, so great. Um, and that's just such a prime example of what it looks like to use, like what the enemy meant to destroy you to use for God's glory. Like it's like using that key part of your story to help someone else become free. And I talk about that a lot to people of like the things that maybe you're ashamed of it. You're like, I can't believe this happened to me or why would God allow this or whatever? When like, we have to remember there's an enemy after our life as well, but using that to be like enemy, no, like you are not going to win. And I'm going to use this now to help thousands of other women become set free. And that is just so amazing and so inspirational. And maybe you can just let my listeners know really quickly, like if there's a way for them to get involved or a way for them to donate or a way for them to kind of help back as well through something that you're doing. We have, um, We'll have a fundraiser coming up sometime soon, but, um, you know, for the most part, I would just say I work very much hand in hand with the Tentiva Foundation. My husband's the founder, um, and I love getting to work with them. It's one of the greatest honors of my life. There are multiple other organizations that really do amazing work, and I would just encourage your listeners to go and do some research to um, find organizations that you resonate with. You know, maybe that doesn't mean it's against the fight against human trafficking. Maybe mm-hmm. you know that's for a different cause. But I would encourage you to go and find those organizations, research them. There are so many 
incredible organizations that really have life-changing impact in, in people's lives all around the world. Um, you know, we don't need to always try and reinvent the wheel or do everything ourselves. Um, I've definitely been there where, I, where I've thought, you know, if I really want to make an impact, I'll start my own 501 yeah. and I have to my own nonprofit and I have to, but you know, I think that that can very easily also come from a place of pride and wanting to say, I did this mm -hmm. instead of just being focused on what the bigger mission is um, at, at hand. And we always say one of our five non-negotiables at the Tintiwa Foundation is that there's power when we come together. And we really believe that there is power. If you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. So mm -hmm. That really is something that we believe. Um, so I would just encourage your listeners to go and do research. You don't have to tackle every task all by yourself. There are people that are already doing incredible work. Thanks. Yeah, that's a great reminder. Totally, totally agree. Um, okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that again. I really appreciate that. That is a very powerful story. And I know God's going to continue to use that. Um, but I want to transition a little bit more to talk about your marriage, um, because you are married to Tim Tebow and he's obviously very well known. Um, how long have you guys been married and how did you meet? And then like following up question after that is like, when you met him, were you instantly like, this is the one, like what's kind of y'all's story? We've been married for three years and just about three months at the moment. Um, we have three amazing dogs. They are little angel pies and we love them <laughs> so much. Um, when I when I when I moved to the US back in 2017, um, I had never seen a football or a baseball game in my entire life. And uh, maybe you know, but Tim comes from a professional sport background. Um, and so I had just quite frankly never heard his name. I just I'm a rugby and cricket girl growing up in South Africa. <laughs> that's our big sports. That's that's the things we look forward to. And I had just really never seen American sports. I don't even think it was broadcasted on our TV channel. So I moved to the U.S. and um, my my manager at that point, um, I had a little sister that was born with severe special needs, um, and we were ten and a half years uh, of age difference. And so my manager at that point actually told me about this organization that do a lot of work um, for people with special needs and they host this prom and it's just roll out the red carpet and every single guest gets crowned as the king and queen, queen of the prom. And she was like, I think this would be such a great opportunity for you to, you know, go and volunteer at, like, especially because of your sister, this would be so cool. And at that point I was just, um, I was like, I am the big sister and I want to just be protective of my sister. And, you know, like my following grew from, I think, 50 or 60,000 followers to over a million, literally overnight. Like I woke wow. up the next morning. So that was, I was kind of going through managing that and trying to figure out, well, how do I, you know, protect my parents and media and things would call them and we didn't go through training or anything like that. Yeah. It's just Demi, you know, it's literally a literal overnight life change moment um and so I said you know I, I think we need to just wait a little bit like I, I I'm just so scared like I don't want like the media to like, make the whole thing out of my sister anyway long story short so a couple months later the Tim Tebow Foundation reaches out and they invite my little sister to this prom called Night to Shine and so Night to Shine is currently hosted in 48 countries all over the world 
um, in I believe over 750 locations. And the year I moved to New York City um, was the first time at, uh, that Night to Shine was hosted back in South Africa in my home country as well. Wow. And so, you know, I would obviously, I would talk about my sister, but still being like the protective big sister. And I was like, okay, well, this is not the second time I'm hearing of this Night to Shine. Let me go look this up. And so I look it up and I see this guy, which I thought was Tim Tebow. So I mean, I, that was like what I called him, Tim Tebow, for the first <laughs> couple of him. Literally, had never heard his name. And um, I looked him up and I, I was like, oh, this looks so familiar. What is it? And I realized, oh my gosh, he's the Night to Shine guy. And so between Tim Tebow and Night to Shine, that is how um, we got to meet and we, all, we always joke and say, you know, night, between Night to Shine and my little sister, that was our matchmaker. And when we first met Janine, we really had very little in common. I mean, like culturally, coming, my first language is Afrikaans. Yeah. Um, when I talked to my mom, he's like, why are you guys always fighting when you're talking on the phone? And I'm like, no, I, just, I was just asking her how her dogs are doing. <laughs> Up. so um it's a very like it's very dutch german sounding so um you know we i i would say getting to meet him um we were talking for a couple of weeks i was emailing back and forth getting more information on night to shine and um i when we finally eventually met in person i i feel like we both just pretty instantly knew that this this was my person that i'm gonna spend the rest of my life with and I think it's safe to say that the feeling was pretty mutual. <laughs> I love it. After we went on our first date, um, yeah, Tim actually told me, he said, I think I just had my last first date. Oh my gosh, I'm melting. That's so cute. Yeah, y'all are a power couple. You're a beautiful couple. You're a godly couple. You're changing the world. Like, Y'all are so inspirational, and I just love seeing kingdom-minded marriages, and I'm like, yes, that's so amazing. But I guess, like, again, oh, wait, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I will say, you know, when we first met, I think the point I was trying to get to was we had so little in common, and that's actually something that we've had to work on in our relationship, um, finding things that we love just doing together, and, um, but you know what, those are also temporary things. You can learn new sports, you can learn new hobbies, you can maybe learn a new taste in music or food, but what you have in purpose is so much more important. And I think from the get-go, that was what our relationship was based on, was what we had in purpose. And mm. um, you know, I was always involved in the fight against human trafficking and my sister's background. That's such a big part of what Tim stands for and fights for every single day, way before we ever even met so that was pretty special no thank you for saying that because again I think people could look at your marriage and be like oh my gosh dream relationship but um one of my favorite pastors his name is Jonathan Bacluda he always talks about how you know don't marry someone because of your common interest because interests change and so I think that's a prime example of like are your values aligned are your purposes aligned do you guys want the same things in life are you do you have the same shared faith I think that's a great reminder that just because culture, language, you know, the way you guys spend your time, like maybe that's not perfectly aligned, but those are the things that you can work out. But overall, the most important things were aligned and that is what makes for a good, long, sustainable marriage. <laughs> and a test to that. So, and we've since 
Florence to play pickleball together mm -hmm. and we make a mean double team. So um, we actually, we love, we love playing pickleball. It's so fun. And then I recently started playing golf. So that's something fun that we've been. So we've fun. Been yeah. My boyfriend and I've been playing pickleball together recently and it's, it's such a fun sport. I love it's that. It's such a fun sport. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So to kind of close out, um, like I said, you were Miss Universe and people may not know things about you. Like, again, they may be making assumptions or have this idea about you. What are some things that you wish people knew more about you or maybe some assumptions that people assume that you're like, wait, no, that's not true. Um, gosh, I sometimes I don't even know the assumptions that people make. <laughs> Is there anything like around that time when you were struggling or people were saying things that you were like, wait, no, like it's not what you think or maybe even just like, you just want, you wish more people knew this about you that's maybe harder to share on social media. Yeah, I think, Jenny, so many, I think this is something that probably everyone can relate to whether they were Miss Universe or not, right? Um, I think winning Miss Universe was something that I had dreamed of for a, quite a few years prior. That was something that I kind of worked towards for a good amount of time. Um, even just winning my South African Miss Universe kind of really makes a bigger step. But I think so many times in our life, we can very easily idolize um, that one thing that we work towards and that becomes, that becomes our purpose, that becomes our mission. Whether that is chasing that, getting into that, the, that um, school that you want to get into, getting into that college, getting that degree, maybe getting that next degree, getting that raise, getting that job title, Making that sports team, I think that was something that I chased for a long time in my life, just getting to that next thing. And then you get to that perfect spot, which, you know, you, in our mind, think is perfect, winning Miss Universe, and you think, okay, well, from here, everything's going to be easy and everything's going to be just smooth sailing. Um, and then you realize that, oh, actually, no, this is, this is temporary. This is not something that... Um, you know, necessarily would have eternal impact, getting that job, getting that raise, getting that, making that sports team, whatever that might mean to you. So I would just, I would just say, I would just encourage everyone listening to just not be focused on the temporary things in life, but focus on the things that really can have an impact for eternity and the impact for the greater glory of God, for his glory. Um, that is the place in my life where I found my life's calling and my purpose. And you know what? Sometimes that might mean that we need to walk through hardship in order to get to that place. But man, like I, you know, I've shared some of the stories with you today, like how Lord just used pain in my life and turned it into purpose for his glory and how he's used like the biggest messes in my life and turned them into a message for his glory. But I will also say that we have to be willing. Um, we have to be willing to give that to him, to let him turn that into a message for his glory. Mm, such a good answer. I could not agree more. Like, such a great answer. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the last question I want to ask you, and we'll be done, is what would you say to the girl that is struggling right now with maybe hating herself or disliking the way that she looks or she's comparing herself to someone online. Um, and she just wants to feel confident and secure in who God says she is, but like 
she's struggling to get there. What, what, what does that look like for you? How do you find your confidence when you maybe do feel low and what would be your encouragement to that girl that's struggling today? Gosh, like a couple of weeks ago, I felt like I was in a spot like that. And, um, I think the, the place that I get to, to get out of that, I, I call it a funk <laughs> to just get out of that, that, you know, way of thinking is just remembering not who you are, but whose you are, who you belong to, who created you, who set up the plan and purpose for your life and hold on to the truth that God's word teaches us every single day to dive into that. Um, I think the enemy comes, you know, to steal and destroy, but he also comes to silence us. Um, he comes and isolates us. And then those lies just become bigger and they become more believable. So I would encourage you know, if you're in a, in a spot where you're feeling lonely, where you're not confident um, in who you believe you've been created to be, don't let the enemy isolate you and don't let him silence you. Amen. I love it. Just hold on to the truth that the Bible teaches us. Yeah, that truly is the only way to survive when you're facing the lies. It's like you've got to replace the lies with the truth of who God says that you are. Because, yeah, I feel like that is the number one thing that the enemy comes for is our identity. Because when that's not solid on the on the Lord, everything else is shaken. And so, great reminder. Um, Demi, thank you so much just for all your wisdom, your truth, your story. Um, I'm so in your corner. And I'm looking forward to um, just seeing where else God takes you, any other projects you're working on. I know you also have a jewelry company. Um, it's called 153. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Exciting things coming up soon that hopefully we get to share about. But thank you so much for having me, and just always love following you. And thank you for just being so obedient and um, who and what God's called you to be, Janine. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. And yeah, let me know next time you're in Texas. I will, I promise. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much, Demi. Bye. Okay, you guys, that was my episode today with Demi Tebow. Um, isn't she freaking amazing? She's so beautiful and so well-spoken. And I just loved the conversation with her and her sharing her story. Definitely fueled me up to be like, let's give back. Let's do something. That's definitely something that I want to include more in my podcast and platforms of showing and encouraging people to actually like give back in real life, not just money, even though I do think money is super, super helpful. And that's something I've actually been trying to do with my community here in Dallas is trying to figure out a way for me and my girlfriends to volunteer somewhere. And so I encourage you to do that with your friends as well. I'm going to try to figure that out with my friends. And after hearing that episode today, I was like, dang, like I'm inspired. I'm motivated. So hopefully that inspires and motivates all of us to stand up and make a difference. And so, um, yeah, I'm just really thankful that she got to come on. All her links and everything will be down in the show notes as well as the YouTube description. And if you guys don't know, we are on YouTube. So you can watch every single episode as well as watch this on Spotify. So thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, you can always donate to the podcast monthly. If you would like, we do give 10% back to charity and, uh, we are working on merch. So stay tuned for that. I know you guys have been begging for merch. It's been very complicated figuring that out. So stay tuned and I will be back with more solo episodes since I know you guys love those as well. Thank you guys for listening from the bottom of my heart. It means the world to me. Thank you for being a part of the pod and uh, I love y'all. So I will see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of happy and healthy until then stay happy and healthy. Bye y'all.